Do you care about supporting small business? I do. Do you care about supporting women in business? Man, I really do. Do you care about excellent customer service? I think it's a dying art and I really, really support it. That's why I support Paco Collars. They hit all of these bases and then some. My dogs wear gorgeous handcrafted leather collars from them and I get to support a company that I really believe in. So if you believe in the same stuff I do, get over to PacoCollars.com, order the best dog collar you've ever had with a lifetime guarantee, and don't forget to enter the promo code COGDOG for free shipping. Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of the Cognitive Canine, and this is Cog Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. Hey friends, I'm on a road trip. I have been driving across the country. I've got some East Coast teaching assignments and I decided that my dogs and I would have a nice time um, just spending some quality time, you know, on the open road and heading out to the East Coast. I had to teach there for a while, so I figured it would be better to take my dogs with me. Um... And I really enjoy road trips. So what I want to talk to you about today is a few things that have come up so far on my trip. I try to take a nice decompression walk every day with my dogs on the road. Sometimes that's easy to do. Sometimes it's not. But um, we've learned a few things along the way. So yesterday, my dogs and I interacted with kind of a number of dogs on the trail. My dogs were off leash, so were the other dogs. Um, This was somewhere in Montana, kind of near Billings, so it was kind of accepted that the dogs would be off leash. And the first dog we encountered was an Akita. And I've worked with a lot of Akitas in my profession. And so I wasn't super thrilled with the thought of my dogs running up to this dog unannounced. Typically, I'm not super thrilled with that concept in general, but I've worked with enough Akitas to know that they might be just a little more averse to an incoming kind of social encounter than maybe your average golden doodle. And so when we first saw the Akita walking on the same trail as us off leash, we just went a different route. We took a different fork um, on the trail thinking we would just kind of avoid the issue. But towards the end, we met back up. We were all kind of heading back to the same parking lot. And so our trails um, diverged. And so we met the Akita. And when I noticed that the Akita was heading towards us indefinitely and the owner had no intention of calling him back, I took a deep breath and I cued my dogs to say hi. I said, he's friendly. I said, it's, it's a friend, which is kind of my cue to my dogs to go say hi. I say, it's a friend. And 
what struck me as incredible is that Iggy, who is my kind of more nervous around other dogs dog, took my cue, it's a friend, seriously, and approached this dog with neutral body language. The dog responded with neutral body language. And everything went beautifully. And then Felix approached as well and had the same kind of neutral, natural, normal dog engagement. And then the guy who owned the Akita, who's on his cell phone, just kind of caught up, called his dog along with him and kept walking. And it was perfect. Um, Iggy was a little nervous by the encounter. The dog had a dark face and pointy ears, and that sometimes is a recipe for her to be afraid of another dog. And so I did some cookie scatters. The dogs ate the cookie scatters, and when we were all ready to go, we headed back down the trail. And I was feeling really proud of myself and really proud of my dogs and just really impressed with the fact that if you practice what you preach and understand that dogs are social beings with social contracts that will have their own social conversations and that that's all okay that everything will be fine and then a guy came around the corner with a german wire hair pointer and the pointer seemed to have lovely socially appropriate social skills and so i didn't call my dogs to me he interacted with the dog ahead of us on the trail so I didn't assume that it would be a problem that my dogs interacted. So my dogs went up to this dog and the man suddenly screamed, lie down to his dog. And then I noticed the e-collar and the dog's ears kind of twitched and he hit the deck. And my only assumption can be that the dog was receiving stimulation from the e-collar upon the command to lie down. So he did. At which point both of my dogs thought he was dangerous because he had just lied down in a completely socially inappropriate time to lie down and he had also pinned his ears back and looked very afraid I think because of the e-collar not because of my dogs and so he lied down um, looking like that and my dogs were both kind of like mm, I don't think that's normal Iggy came back to me she had her head low she was kind of growly um, Felix as he does got more curious than anything and his tail went up and his ears went up and he was like what are you doing dude I don't know why you'd be lying on the ground so I called Felix back over to me and he started to come back over until the man screamed heel at his dog so his dog sprung out of the down and ran back over to the man, at which point Felix was like, oh, you're doing something interesting. And so he ran back over to the dog. And, you know, then I went over and I collected Felix and we went on our way. But what was really upsetting to me was that this dog was being commanded. I, I almost said encouraged, but I don't, I don't think encouraged is the right word because he was under aversive control so he didn't really have a choice it was either comply with the directions given to you or experience the stimulation from the shock collar and so he sprung back up and went into heel position and so my dogs were responding to the unnatural social behaviors that were being that the dog was being compelled 
to give. And while my dogs met with the Akita, who was socially a little forward, but not necessarily inappropriate, they could not handle this German wirehair pointer, who was, I think, socially normal, but being controlled by this device on his neck and being told to do things that were counter to what he should have been doing in that social moment. And it was really frustrating for me. And as I continued my walk, I thought, okay, you can be upset that your dogs didn't listen to you perfectly in this moment because they didn't. They were completely taken aback by this dog's behavior and they didn't listen to me the way that I would expect them to and they didn't listen to me the way that they did with the Akita that approached us earlier. I said, or you can just accept that, you know, that guy's doing the best he can, but he's asking his dog to do things that are socially abnormal and that your dogs responded to that because they will, because they're social, they're a social species. So that's kind of what I took to the car. And I just thought, you know, it's okay. Everything that just happened is fine. It's fine that the guy has his dog on an e-collar and has a power trip going on. And he's wants the dog to lie down and heal when he sees other dogs because that's him and that's his dog and that's their business and it's also fine that your dogs responded in a way that you didn't expect because they were responding to stimuli that they didn't expect so i think there's kind of two lessons here and the one is in mental recovery or resilience because i was pretty pleased with how my dogs dealt with that Akita. And right before that, they had pulled over and done a sit-stay for a jogger who was passing us, who Felix had really wanted to give a hug and a kiss. So I had to ask him. He's kind of a hypersocial greeter. I had to ask him to pull over and sit and stay. And my dogs listened to that. And then they dealt with the Akita. And then why should I take it home to the car that they didn't deal with this highly abnormal situation in a completely ideal manner when really they could have dealt with it in in much different manners they could have been straight up aggressive to this dog who was acting completely weird and they were not and so that's kind of your mental recovery piece just remember what your dog did right and what you did right and that's a really important thing to end on when you get to the car no matter what else happened but the other piece is just to remind everybody that dogs have their own social conversations and we need to respect those conversations and try to stay out of those conversations as much as we can. My dogs talk to the Akita. The Akita talked to them. And everything was normal and okay. I have spray shield in my vest pocket if I need to use it. But I didn't need to use it. And to date, 
the only time I've needed to use it was when a dog of my own was attacking somebody else's dog inappropriately. And that was a long, long time ago because his name was Kelso. And he's been gone, I think, three years as of this month. So I had it at the ready just in case. But by and large, my dog's social interactions with other dogs are normal and fine and something that I need to stand by and observe and not something that I need to monitor. And asking our dogs to lie down or heal or do other kinds of behaviors like that are not helping them and are not helping them move about this earth as a social species species that they are. And if we're, you know, more so if we're doing those things with aversive control, like an e-collar, we're saying also you have no choice. So do this thing I'm asking you to do, which is completely socially inappropriate, or receive electric stimulation. I think that that's not a fair choice to offer them. And so I was troubled more by this pointer's facial expressions and behaviors because he would try to act socially and then he would also try to comply with what his human was asking of him than anything else. I wasn't really bothered by my dog's behaviors that much, but I was really bothered by the fact that this dog was being more or less forced to comply with um, his human's requests and that my dogs responded to it. They thought it was weird. They thought it looked weird. And I didn't disagree with them. So maybe the next time you go on a walk, you, you think about that. You don't think about asking your dog to do things that are socially inappropriate, like sit or lie down in the face of another dog. Um, and you don't ask them to completely disengage from a so- social interaction that they're having if that interaction is looking safe and normal to you, which it was in the case of this uh, wire pointer. And you just think about that going forward. And if you see somebody else who has a different approach or a different mindset, you brush that off too, because that's also okay. And everybody's experience out on the trail might be different. That guy might have completely reasonable rationale behind, you know, what he is training this dog to do. I think that what he's doing is not healthy for his own dog and his dog's social life, but I don't know him. And that's also, you know, it's not my experience or my business. So I let it go. I tell my dogs they're wonderful when we get to the car and I record a podcast and I go on with my life. So if you've had similar experiences, please weigh in on the Facebook page. Thanks for listening to CogDog Radio. If you have questions or suggestions, shoot them over to CogDogRadio at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like the CogDog Radio Facebook page. And until next time, happy training.